We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The score! Let's go now! You fired the first shot! Let's go, man! Jason Leisure. I'm here in the studio at The Score. This is a very, very special honor for you. There's reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. Are you not getting your questions answered? No, of course not. I don't know if I really look at it that way, Jay. Co-host of the Sports Adjacent Podcast. I still definitely crave Captain Crunch Crunch Berries. I could eat myself sick on that, but I'd be happy. Jason Leisure with Bernstein and Holmes on The Score. Let's talk some Bears and some NFL with Jason Leisure of the Chicago Sun-Times on Twitter at Jason Leisure and on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sportsbook. I always tell you to not miss what's going on on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670, the Score. What's up, Jason? Hey, Dan. How's it going? Good. So has this been like a week off for you, kind of? Why does everybody think that? Well, I mean, like the, all of the bear. I know that you're writing. I, I know that, but it's it's not like you have to go and travel or or wait. Do you? Are you covering one of the games? I got to go to the Senior Bowl on next week. Yeah. Okay. Good. We can ask you all sorts of questions about every single prospect that you see. Good. Good. Yeah. I'll be. Uh, you know, which guys have thin ankles and which guys have uh, <laughs> the most torque or what? Um, I am. I am mostly off. For now, uh, we cover a lot of off-season stuff at the Sun-Times, though. But I, I'm busier now than I've ever been, Lawrence, because of the amount of work it takes to do to to help out at home. Oh, so like, I am just one thing to the next. You know, like my, my pace of life speeds up times five once the season ends. Oh, okay. So you're being asked a lot of questions, and you're you're chauffeuring to a lot of activities, that sort of thing. Oh, I'm yes, I'm the one being asked questions now. Yeah, it's the other way around from the season where I'm doing the question asking, and now it's why are you doing that? Why'd you decide to do that? Why are you doing that? Not so much from my wife, but more so from the children. Yeah, and and you, like, I don't know, you've and, never. He's and, got really smart kids, and they remember those answers, mm-hmm. and they and and they will cross check them with your later answers. They're keeping receipts on every one of them. They're like reporters. Yep. Yeah, and and they will. They will badger and pester until they get the answer they're looking for. Not in, not in the way of like trying to coerce me into an answer, but like they will press and press and press until they get the truth. Well, you so raise every them. day of every day of my life right now is a press conference. Yeah, now you know how Matt Nagy felt when you were up there yelling at him, <laughs> right? Yeah, my kids are like, Dad, have you been fired yet? <laughs> we read in patches.com you were getting fired, Dad. Is that true? 
<laughs> and have you fired all your assistant coaches that you're going to tell us about after the press conference is over? Right. Who are, who are you going to fire for the bad decisions you've been making, Dad? Well, hey, that's what's going on in Dallas. If you've if you've been watching closely, all of a sudden, all these deflector shields around Mike McCarthy are getting shot off. So Joe Philbin is out of them. There's yeah, a bunch they of, fired a bunch of people. A lot of people down there. I mean, anytime that starts to happen, I'm thinking, yeah, well, let's let's you know figure out what the real problem is. They did that here a few years ago. They're like, uh-huh. you know what we should do? Let's fire Mark Helfrich. And everybody's like, wait, who? Who is that? You can't fire Mark Helfrich. We have no idea who that is. Right. Right. Let's he, fire him for all the bad plays I've been calling. Right. He was the offensive coordinator in name only. And then he just disappeared. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, I heard him doing color uh, analysis on on like uh, like college? a Yeah. Yeah, I think he was doing some college football on Fox or something. And then um, I, I don't know where he is now. Which is what happens when you work with Matt Nagy. You just disappear. No one knows where you go. By the way, the Panthers are hiring Frank Reich. That that just crossed. Yeah. After Steve Wilkes went, what, five and five with a bunch of trash? Yep. Then the Texans came up and got rid of him. Yeah. And a year from now, you're going to be piping in with an interjection that somebody hired Matt Nagy to be their head coach. Like It's going to happen. Well, he's he was on the list of people that were being interviewed for offensive coordinator positions. He didn't go to Thailand like like Cliff Kingsbury did. So people did want to talk about offense with him until they talked offense with him. He made a great career move, and he's going to get hired again as a head coach because the more time passes, the more everyone forgets the details of everything, and everyone's going to look at him and say, winning record as a head coach. Two out of four years went to the playoffs, even though we all know one of those was completely nothing. And then these last couple of years, he's gone and stood next to the right guy. Like he he's been around. He will have been for two years around Mahomes and uh, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, and you're going to come out looking like you really know what's going on when you've done it. It was a great career move, even though he went two steps backward down to position coach. He could not have picked a better spot if he wants to be a head coach again. I I questioned it at the time. I still would have, I because I think that Matt Nagy has some of those qualities that you could eventually see him turning into a good head coach. And I was kind of hoping he'd do a a walkabout. I was kind of hoping he'd be like, let me go learn football. Although there is an offensive coordinator job open at Alabama. Perfect opportunity. That's the way to get fixed. Yeah. Perfect opportunity to to get a a bigger job. If you're Matt Nagy, you go do that for a couple of years. And then all of a sudden you jump to the front of lines of hiring. They're not going to go sniffing around. They're not going to be the ones, though. No. To, to, they, they're they not going to. No, they no. are very selective about their salvage projects. Yeah, they're not going to go do that. Meanwhile, there are some Bears who are actually receiving postseason accolades. Braxton Jones was selected to the Pro Football Writers of America All-Rookie Team. He was also chosen to the Pro Football Focus All-Rookie Team, along with linebacker Jack Sanborn and safety Jaquan Brisker. I know we had our issues with Jones, and he got pushed in the backfield a lot. He wasn't great, but I guess something has to be said for not missing a snap, for being as available as he was, and for being fine enough. How do we rate this season? It's it's hard to get all excited and say, yeah, congratulations on this honor, but he was never not there. I think you just have to take a more nuanced look at it and say, Hey, great job. He did a great job. 
He was a fifth-round pick, a late fifth-round pick out of Southern Utah. He came in. He took over that starting job immediately over Tevin Jenkins, who was a high draft pick, a second-round pick from a major college the year before. And he started every game and played every snap. And that's, that's a great success story for Braxton Jones. You can look at all of that and say, that's nice, but that's still not good enough. He is a starting left tackle day one as a rookie only because they have nothing here. There's just absolutely nothing on the offensive line. And you can, you can say this was a nice development story, and he did a great job this year for where he came from, but that position still needs a major upgrade for 2023. Can I ask you a non-Bears question? Inside Please. the division, though. Okay. Um, what do you expect to happen and when might it happen with Aaron Rodgers? I'd be very surprised if he's not back. What's isn't he going to make like sixty million dollars if he comes back? Fifty eight point five million, I believe, is the number for Aaron Rodgers next season. I think you can put up with whatever for fifty eight million ah, for one season. Even if they don't want to bring back Randall Cobb, he's going to be back. He's going to be back. Now the question is, does it matter that he's back? Is he going to be what he was this past season? Or the year before when he was the MVP. Wasn't he the MVP two years ago? Yeah, back-to-back seasons, yeah. he was MVP. But you could see a real drop-off this year. And and I keep wondering about that, where we look at Brady and Rodgers as if they can go on forever when really they're like these incredible outliers. And and you saw like you saw a scared Tom Brady at the end of the, the season when they played the Cowboys. And with Aaron Rodgers, like... It was exactly the type of position you would want the Packers to be in. Oh, wait, the, the, the season's on the line. A playoff spot is in front of us. We're playing Detroit, and they ended up playing harder than you, even though they were the ones that had already been eliminated from the playoffs. Two things on that. I don't understand why Green Bay isn't showing more urgency because this is your shot, and at some point, Rodgers is gone, and unless Jordan Love is the next Aaron Rodgers, which we haven't really seen any indication that that's the case. It's going to be time to completely blow it up and start all the way over. You might as well sell everything, uh, all your future assets and go for it now. And they haven't been doing that. Like they weren't willing to outbid the bears for chase Claypool, for example, and maybe they were better for it. But at the time, like I, I think you'd want to see a little more aggression and a little more desperation. When you say, Brady and Rodgers. How old is Rodgers? Isn't Rodgers like 38? Getting ready 39? to turn 40. Yeah. See, Brady is 46. It's like they're they're not even the same. So we all, I think what's happening with Rodgers is we're all looking at just Brady and saying, but Brady, I mean, he's 46 now. He was still kicking butt at 43, 44. That's so not normal. Right. Rodgers, Rodgers winning back-to-back MVPs at 36 and 37 would be absurd if not for what Brady is doing. So Rodgers tailing off now would be the most normal thing in the world. The only reason that we sit there and we're like, geez, what's going on? How come the 39-year-old quarterback can't get it done? <laughs> is because we're seeing this other guy do it in his mid-40s. That's my point, where you're looking at it and you're if you're projecting out like, hey, we got a shot to win the Super Bowl because we got Aaron Rodgers, I'm kind of like, if you're just talking about his resume, sure. But if you're talking about the way that he played in the last season, I'm not sure that that's the case. Because, again, when given the opportunity to elevate his team into a playoff spot, he didn't play well. 
But if you're Green Bay, this is your best shot. No doubt. I think this is better than like betting on maybe Aaron Rodgers has some kind of one last run in him. That is your best shot in a division that just couldn't be more wide open. I, I don't know who runs that division right now. It's not the Vikings. It's the Lions. Like the, the Vikings are a team that doesn't realize that they need to be rebuilding. And everyone else is rebuilding. And you're sitting there with Aaron Rodgers and some draft capital. Like You need to go all out right now while you have one more shot. And if it doesn't work out this year, then both sides can part ways. What does it mean for Luke Getze to be the head coach of the what it's called the American team in the Senior Bowl in Mobile? It's good for him in every possible way and good for the Bears, too, because it gives them the the most up close, most firsthand look at all these guys. And they they need guys. The fourth, fifth round picks are not super exciting usually, but the Bears are a team that needs to start stocking their roster with quality players in those rounds. Um, not to mention that they need to find immediate starting talent in the second and third rounds. So it gives them the best, most up close look at some guys that they're going to be considering. And it also gives Luke Getze, it keeps his name out there uh, as a head coaching candidate. And I think that with the entire league down in Mobile next week, watching him run a team, watching him run practices, it's a really good audition for him. It's not the same as obviously getting to be interim coach in Carolina or, some, or, or Denver or something like that, but it is a worthwhile experience for him as far as just showing he can run practices and run a team for a week. Jason, when I ask you a question that Dan and I were talking about earlier, you're a White Sox fan. Right now, what does it feel like to be a White Sox fan? Very mopey. Very like, I guess I'll go to some games this year. Not, I can't wait for the games to start and, you know, looking at, find a road game, see if I can go out to Dodger Stadium and see them play or something like that. It, but aren't, are, aren't they doing the best? Of what? As bad as they, as bad as they are. Like, isn't, isn't that like the most successful of the five teams right now? Uh, the five, the five major pro sports teams in Chicago. I, like, I mean, if we went by, if we went by their record, if you went by what, yes. what the projections would be for how many wins this year, probably, yeah. But then the question is, do you? What's the team that makes it so difficult to be a fan? There, there, there's certainly that. Obviously, the Blackhawks would be at the top of that list. But after that, it's it's this team that keeps laying down landmines in your fandom. Yeah, my point is not that the White Sox are doing awesome. It's more like you'll see these stretches in Boston, for example, where the Patriots are good and the Celtics are good and the, the Red Sox, like they're Bruins, like they're good at everything. And we're in the opposite of that right now. <laughs> where it's like the White Sox, who you're just constantly upset with, are the least bad of the five right now. The, Russ, Russ would tell you that the Bears are doing the best right now. And he's he's not crazy to say that, but it is still a fact that they were the worst team in the NFL this season. It's true. And that's, that's where we're at is we're like, do we like this? Uh, which team do we hate the least out of this underperforming, uh, constantly frustrating white Sox team or what our pipe dream is of what the bears can do after being the worst team in the NFL this season. If, if the white Sox had Justin Fields, I'd be more excited. I mean, I guess with the bears, you can just fantasize about anything you want. You can just imagine. You can just imagine how great it's all going to be, because um, that that you'd have to imagine out of a fifty-three man roster, you'd have to imagine probably about forty guys. 
Well, let's see how many they can get with his number one draft pick. And then let's see where things stand. As I would, all- flip, I would flip that thing. What, what's that game? That What's that thing where it's like you go around trying to trade a thumbtack up to, you know, you, you keep trying to upgrade until yeah, you're eventually you eventually trading you have a for car. a house? Yeah. What yeah. is that? You've never seen these guys that like they they they'll do videos like, hey, I'm trading this paperclip, this paperclip I'm gonna trade for uh, a notebook. This notebook I'm gonna find someone who really needs this notebook and I'm gonna trade it for a stapler. This stapler, I'm, and then you you keep trading and trading and trading until you get something that's valuable and then you trade that too. You never seen any of these? No, it's real. You just trade up a little bit each time, Dan. Who knows? That's what I want them to do with this number one pick. Just keep flipping it and flipping it and flipping it until you turn it into Patrick Mahomes. Well, now what you're talking about is selling drugs. Like that that's that's basically what we're talking about with the number one pick. We want them to to flip it, then we we want them to step on it a little bit. And I would then like flip them, it again. I would like them to smack it up, flip it, and rub it down. Oh no. <laughs> We're sorry we dragged you into this, Jason Leisure. That's okay. I have nothing else to do. This is getting me out of running errands right now, so this is great. Well, guess what? You're about to go back to running errands again. I can stay for another segment. I can. <laughs> I, I love my nope, family. Nope, we have this too is, much to do. Nope, so time, for your, easier. time for your errands. This is so much easier. <laughs> Wait, what do you have to get done today? A thousand things, Lawrence. I don't, don't even get me started. Well, we're going to let you get those things done. All right, guys. Talk to you from Mobile. That's Jason Leisure of the Chicago Sun Times. When we come back, we got to talk about what you brought up before the uh, the article, also in the Sun Times, about the fact that the White Sox broadcast team isn't signed. Hey, Dan, remember earlier in the show when we were like, "What's it like to be a White Sox fan?" Like, remember that? Remember we were talking about that? And then, like in the middle of the show. There's a possibility that Jason Benetti's not coming back. Remember that? What, what, are, what are we doing? Like, come, like, come on! Like, really? That You're going to do that now? Like, what, what are we doing? You know what makes me really mad? Mm. You know what? I'll save it. I'll save it for the next segment. But yes, after all this stuff that we were talking, it's almost like it's almost like the White Sox were like, yeah, you know how those guys on the score over there talking about how bad it is to be a White Sox fan? Wait till they get a load of this. It's next here on the score. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Bernstein and Holmes. Middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Hey, look, it's the Bernstein family. 
Dan yeah. and son Jason. One of them can pitch. Lawrence Holmes, our friend from 670 The Score. Yes. Oh, he's more than just oh, a friend. That felt good to do, actually. So what the hell? Exactly, Dan. What the hell? So we're sitting here. We're doing our show. Dan and I are, are talking about the White Sox to begin the show at 10 o'clock. By the way, Bernstein Holmes, 10 to 2. Hey, hello. Hi. So if you're like, hey, when's this show on? It's on 10 o'clock. We were discussing the White Sox in the first hour of the show. Then we're getting ready for Cody to come in here and talk buckets with us. Cody's in here. And I get a text message like, hey, have you seen this? And I'm like, oh, bleep. The Sun-Times, Jeff Agris in the Sun-Times is a story about how the broadcast team of your Chicago White Sox has not signed their contracts yet. Now, I don't want to I don't want to make this a, a scare thing. I think it's very likely that the broadcast team will be back. I think it's very likely that that's the case, too. But there are some. There are some circumstances where when Jason Benetti first got the job, yeah, he had other gigs that he was doing. He's doing basketball games and football games for ESPN. His profile is elevated now at Fox. He's going to be doing all sorts of stuff for Fox, and he's probably going to need more time off now from doing White Sox play-by-play than he's ever done. So I know that that's something that the White Sox have to navigate, and I I understand their plight. I understand be like, well, obviously we want Jason, but yeah, we hired you to be our voice, right? And there's there's a, there has to be a compromise. Travel has a lot to do with it of how long it takes because you see, you know, but it seems like there's five Jason Benettis out there sometimes because you turn on a game, then the next day he's here, the next day he's here, and he's tweeting an empty stadium picture from here saying first thing you think of, and it's college basketball, and it's college football, and it's Bulls. It's and, occasionally like lacrosse yeah. stuff. He, yeah, he'll still do stuff like that because he loves it, and he's in the his absolute prime of his career and the prime of his of his time to go out and, and, and get those checks. And he's good. Like, and he's good at all the things that he does. He's good at college. I, I actually, as much as I love him on White Sox games, I love him calling college basketball. I think he's he's got the right temperament for it. He is able to give me the energy that I need when I'm watching a game. He's got this thing that that, that him and, and, and Uncle Billy are are doing with the the pod, not the podcast, the the alternative broadcast. Throw it down with Bill Walton. Yeah. That, that they do because they've got their own shtickle that they do when those two get together. And and I I know that there is the that the White Sox want their guy. If you're gonna be our broadcaster, you're our broadcaster. But they I, all but they also understand that he does have other responsibilities and they're and, and it raises their profile that does. he's their play by play guy. It does and he's not the only one who does is not the only national guy that also has a local sort of day job, for lack of a better term. Hi, Boog Shambi. And and this stuff, this stuff is negotiated and compromised and fixed. My, 
Jerry Reinsdorf is still very personally involved in broadcasting with his teams. Mm-hmm. He watches a lot. He has very strong feelings. And I, I go back to what no, nobody saw the Jim Durham thing happening when it did. I'm, I was the biggest Jim Durham fan on this planet. His, his play-by-play greatly shaped not just my basketball call, but my desire to to become a, a broadcaster in, in sports was just because, in large part, how awesome I thought Jim Durham's basketball call was. And they and I, I was devastated when the Bulls let him go. I just I, I never really understood it, and I, I, even when it was explained to me later that it was that that was that was Jerry's call, and I am hopeful that this that the everything is going to be taken care of. And I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic that everything is going to be fine. Especially, not just the White Sox themselves. They, The White Sox can't afford, if they think the PR has been, those waves of bad PR have been crashing over them over and over and over again, I don't think they know what fresh hell will be visited on them if 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 some sort of petty disagreement results in this not getting done, I don't think they know. The thing that I was going to say before we went to break is what bothers me is I feel like I already know who they want to replace Jason with, and I don't like it. I'll just leave it right there. But it's another one of those things where... You got it right. But the White Sox is an organization. Like they got this thing right. The pairing of Benetti and Stone is magical. And if you thought what the Blackhawks had to deal with when they pushed out Eddie Olchek and Pat Foley and everybody, every casual Blackhawks fan says that those are my guys. That that's my connection to the game. Those are the those are the voices. For that, a lot of people, that was the last connection yeah, that, that, to, to the Blackhawks. And they, and they easily said, you know what? I'm out. Yep. Thanks a lot. Because now you've completely freed me mm-hmm. from all of this other stuff that I've been having to do mental gymnastics with. And the, the Eddie O stuff was like, awesome. You guys go ahead with whatever it is that you're doing over there. I'm going to go be over here. And if I want to watch some hockey, I'll watch some hockey that's not Blackhawks hockey. But yes, you're right. That people are going to be upset. And I know that there are, I have seen some older, more vocal White Sox fans be like, he's not funny. He's real funny. I don't need any comedy with my baseball. If you don't think he's funny, that's a you problem. It really then, is. Then, then you need to recalibrate your own sense of humor or read a book. Dumbass. You do need comedy with your baseball. You know why? Because it's 162 games. And because it's fun. Right. Because baseball and the White Sox are supposed to be... About the fun. Theoretically, fun. And changing the game. They can't. Like, this is... <laughs> if you if you really want to know, and, and I will... The, the, the measure for me... And I know that this is more complicated than we're making it seem. But if you want to know the extent to which, if you, if you thought hiring Tony La Russa was, was spitting at the fans and not caring about what anybody thinks, 
deciding to, to to make the move that you have in the back of your head, and I'm and I'm I'm on absolute Vulcan mind meld with you on that. Uh-huh. I, I, you don't even have to say it. You don't even I'm not to, going you to. Even, you don't have to wink at me because I know, and I am. I'm good on that. Yep. You can keep it. Yeah, and that and that's and that's nothing. Anything that other guys ever done or not done, but the difference between slightly below replacement level and one of the absolute best in the game locally and nationally, if, if you're going to just throw away that value, you think you think people are struggling to be a White Sox fan today? Try that on. Pl- play that out. Really play that out. Play out replacing the kid from the south suburbs who grew up going to your ballpark who then worked his tail off to become one of the best broadcasters in the country to get the job of being your play-by-play guy. Then him meshing with the greatest color analyst in the game and them creating an environment that even in games that the White Sox lose, I am entertained. And I learned something because I'm watching these guys and what Jason has done for Stoney in bringing him into the future where they can have real baseball conversations because their friendship is strong enough that Jason can say, hey, that thing that you're saying, it's actually quantifiable. Here's what that number is that you're talking about. And Stoney being like, thank you, because Stoney likes to learn. And then he comes on and tells you stuff. Man, Mike Rankin, I was not expecting this today. I'll tell you this. White Sox non-roster invites are out. Oh, come on! <laughs> You've been waiting. Don't look you, at it. Don't lie, bad. Oh, the, the pitching staff. Come I was on! very curious about how, like some of the names outside of, you know, because we really do have to f- try to figure out what's going on with the rotation. It's, it's, uh, I don't know, guys. Let's go. Give me some names. I can't. I can't. I don't have a legitimate major league option outside of Davis Martin, maybe Jason Billis and Sean Burke, but Billis and Burke are still on the fringe. You know, they're young, not a lot of experience. Billis, I believe, has two plus years in minor league baseball, Burke a year and a half. That's your options. That's your depth at starting pitcher right now. Man, you know what would be nice? It'd be nice like one of these days. One of these days, Alice. Uh, it'd be nice if one of these days, what we could do is really just have a really nice, like, White Sox day. <laughs> we don't ask much in this world. <laughs> no, Dan, I'm serious. Like, I'm so serious. Because I know that there are people over there. I know that the people over at the White Sox are like, God, these two guys. It's... These two guys, they're always ragging on us. Look, we would prefer not to. It would be our pleasure to not rag on you. And make our jobs nicer and easier. Just just make everything nicer. And you should know that because you know us. And when you see us when we show up places, you acknowledge that. It would just be nice. Like it would be so I don't want to be on the ignoring the White Sox program. But we're headed that way. 
This this would really be just make. I mean, that would that would probably seal it for me. Unless like unless I like heard from Jason, he's like, look, the things are actually better for me and blah, 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 blah. And he was totally fine with it. But still, I kind of be like, nah, because I know I know I know what you've been trying to do for the last couple of years. I see it. It's fine. But I don't want it. Can we just have a? Do we need to plan one, Dan? Like a even, happy white side, like a yeah, fake one. Yeah, like even if things aren't good, like we could. I'm sure we could find something, right? Like we could just find a couple of things that we could no, celebrate. No, like we'd be like, no, street no. tacos are great. No, we're not going to force it. We'll know it. It's got to be real. It's got to come from a real place. I love walking the concourse and having a beer. I, I do too. And, and and the 108 folks and, and the sock machine people and all the ancillary people right. sort of around things. I, I'm saying, can we, can we create some sort of situation where we just have pleasant thoughts about the White Sox for one day? What can, happens if... Can my we, team make me ha- happy? Hopeful, happy, excited, positive. What if one of the starting pitchers gets hurt for like a, an extended period of time? Yeah. What are they going to do? Who are they going to throw out there? Davis Martin. He's your five starter right now. No, their fifth starter is Mike Glavin. Stop. There's five Davis hey, Martins I, out there. No, no, that's, you're right. right. You're right. That, that, that's Mike Clevenger. That's that's. The <laughs> Did guy. someone text in and say the White Sox are going to replace Benetti with Brenneman? And then pretend that they didn't know anything bad happened? We, we had no idea. How would we know? How would we know? It was really public. We didn't see it. But it happened. It was a whole thing. Castellanos to lead things off. Jim Day's going to be taking us the rest of the way through this game. As Holland takes over on the mound. Um, I made a comment earlier tonight that uh, I guess... Uh, went out over the year that I am deeply ashamed of. Um, If I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart, I'm so very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. Castellano strikes for the first time, and it wouldn't be the last. What do we got when we come back? I don't know. No, well, I you had something. I do have. I've decided that until the 80 for Brady movie comes out, I'm just going to keep giving you content from Jane and, and Lorena and Lily Tomlin and Sally Field. I'm here. Next on The Score. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. All right, so as you know, if you've listened to the Bernstein and Holmes show, we are big fans of the movie 80 for Brady. We are very much looking for... I, okay, I can't lie to you. No, we're not. We're interested in how all of this came about, and we think that it's interesting that four of the greatest Americans ever have decided that they're going to do a movie that we all know is probably terrible. On top of that, They've been doing, they are trying to sell this movie, Dan. Like They are doing all sorts of press. So, 
since we've got actual like tape from Jane and Lily and Sally and Lorena, let's hear from them. One day. Oh no. When Jane and I. Oh no. Oh, I can't wait. I love you, but shut up. <laughs> so one day Jane and I are sitting in the dark waiting for a scene to get lit. And it's just the two of us. And Jane out of the blue says to me, um, how do you feel about sex? <laughs> and I immediately said, oh, God, no, I'm done. Toy, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and she said, okay. So about a week later, we were all going to do a scene in the locker room. And in the locker room are these amazing, amazing people. The guys. The guys in the movie. And... We all are starting to make, we are, we're entering the room. This is not part of the, this is not part of the scene. This is just, we're entering the room. And to my absolute, this is true. Absolute, ama- I have to stand up. <laughs> she needs to She takes to her stage. To my absolute amazement, I swear to God. Swear to God, to my absolute amazement, I take a deep breath and I go. (laughs) And then I said to myself, pheromones. Pheromones. Do exist. I'm talking to myself and say, oh my God, what's the matter with you? You're 90. For God's sake, you're 90. You're alive. And, I, and you know, I know now. I Does know anyone now know the words somewhere to in here? There was a little ovary <laughs> saying, everybody up. <laughs> she's 91. Right. Which would explain why she's like, I don't want to have anything to ever do with sex again. But pheromones are strong. The, the reviews are starting to trickle in, by the way. And they're good. Uh, Variety's top critic says a pleasant enough reminder that these gals are still game for a good time. Um, this is a reviewer who says it helps to have pros like Tomlin, Field, Fonda, and Moreno around to keep things interesting with the leads doing their best to sell silliness and survive the stupidity. And Hollywood Reporter says 80 for Brady isn't a for the ages score setter, but it makes the goal when it counts. This feels like reviewers who want to be very kind to awesome performers. That's kind of what it sounds like. Right? Like like no one wants to say anything bad about these awesome women. It says this soft, easy to digest comedy is less about what they do than their joy of doing it together. More fuddy-duddy buddy comedy than sports film. The female scripted laugher celebrates the fact that football appeals to more than just bros. Wouldn't it be more interesting... If you just had what we just had those last like 90 seconds, like we're going to put a camera on these four women. Do that. That's what it says. It's a pleasure to watch these legends riff off one another, even if the jokes feel oddly patronizing, both to the characters and to its target audience. So many of the comedies Hollywood produces these days feature raunchy adult jokes, whereas 80 for Brady plays it fairly clean. Bizarrely enough, that leaves the PG-13 film feeling like a kid's movie much of the time. As the women come up with Nickelodeon-level plans to sneak into the stadium as Billy Porter's backup dancers and give Brady the 11th hour pep talk he needs. It says they do a decent job making it look like the quartet is at the big game while Brady's a good sport. 
playing both himself and the plastic bobblehead who kicks off the whole show. Nah. You can miss me with it. All right. I'll have more as this we get closer because there's all sorts of content because they've been on everyone's talk show trying to sell this movie. So there'll be more from the ladies. We'll be talking with Parkins and Spiegel? Just Parkins. Oh. Danny Parkins is out in the hallway. He joins us next here on The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.